welcome to After Alexander. Episode 18, The Sands of Time. So, as I said last time, this is the second interlude episode, and today's topic will be the Seleucid calendar. I've touched on this in the past, but I thought it deserved its time in the sun. Chronology is, and likely always will be, a big part of how we see ourselves and how we look at others. So, let's discuss the calendar which the people living in the Seleucid Empire themselves would have used at the time, starting from its inception. Obviously, regnal years, the practice of counting the years from a ruler's accession to power, had been around as a system for quite some time. When considering this in the context of the successors, you need to understand that the system of numbering would originally have been centred around the Argiad dynasty that Alexander the Great was a part of. In fact, documents from Babylon continued to use the regnal years of Alexander IV until 306-305 BCE, a good few years after his death. However, as we've seen in previous episodes, the successors eventually did away with the pretense and assumed royal titles of their own. This brings us to Seleucus. Now, Seleucus took on the title of king in 305 BCE. However, he didn't actually start his year count from here. Instead, the point at which he retook Babylon from the Antigonids in 312-311 became the date for the start of his reign. Thus, when Seleucus died in 281, there was talk of the 30th year of Seleucus and Antiochus at the time, Seleucus having already made his son co-king at this point. These two calendars, the one dating from his recapture of Babylon and the one dating from the start of his kingship, existed side by side on the Babylonian king list, which mentions year 7 and year 1 as the point at which Seleucus was made king. It's worth mentioning at this point that, to make this story even more confusing than it already is, there were two ways of counting when the year exactly began. The native Babylonians used, perhaps unsurprisingly, the Babylonian calendar. This began in 1 Nisanu, which equates to the 3rd of April. According to this system, year 1 of the Seleucid calendar ran from April 311 to March 310. This version of the calendar would be picked up by the Jewish people as the Year of Contracts, of which more in a bit. However, there was also a second version, which was used by the court itself. This calendar had the Macedonian months names in place of the Babylonian ones, and reckoned Year 1 to have begun in Autumn 312, although we don't know the exact date. This ambiguity is one of the reasons why I'm not going to be referring to dates according to the Seleucid calendar very often, if at all, as it leads to two different possible numbers when talking about when events happened. Even for modern historians, this coexistence of two calendars can be a headache when unpicking what exactly happened when, as we'll discuss in a bit. But we still haven't arrived at this point, at the point where it actually becomes a calendar, at the moment, all the Seleucid era consists of is two possible different regnal years for the same man, Seleucus I. But all of that changed with his death and the accession of his eldest son as Antiochus I. 
This is because, rather than creating a new regnal year for himself, Antiochus opted to continue with the year count of his father. Why he did this is up for debate. One explanation is that, as Antiochus had already been a king for some years alongside his dad, he chose to simply continue with year 31 of the Seleucid era, rather than either year 1 or year 13 of Antiochus, depending on how you count. As a quick aside here, the source that I've just used for this mentions year 13, but I've discovered there is some ambiguity about when exactly Antiochus became a co-king. There'll be more on this ambiguity when we cover his life and reign in episode 21 and beyond. Anyway, another possible explanation for this is that it was part of the process of honouring his father. I've seen it mentioned that Antiochus I began a cult to his father, and was the one to spread the idea that Seleucus was actually a son of Apollo, and thus a demigod, rather than being simply the son of the general Antiochus. I touched on this theory way back in the beginning of the podcast. The same source which mentions this deification also suggests that Antiochus may have been the one to start the Seleucid era, start it that is as an actual year count we would recognise, rather than simply a way of measuring how long a ruler has reigned for. This suggests that the two events, the propagation of the theory that Seleucus was a son of Apollo and the installation of the calendar, were linked. The Seleucid calendar would eventually be used by all of Antiochus's successors, to the point that the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem by Judas Maccabeus is placed at either year 148 or 149, depending on which version of the calendar you're using. As I mentioned above, this is a prime example of why it can be irritating for historians, given that we don't exactly know whether it's year 148 or 149. And this ambiguity doesn't come from the fact that we don't know when the thing actually happened, but simply from the way the year is counted. The Seleucid era was more commonly known as Anno Graecorum, or Year of the Greeks. The AG calendar continued to be used centuries after the Seleucids themselves fell. For instance, it's been found on an inscription in Syria dated to 24 September 512 CE, or the year 823 AG. It would be used by Michael the Syrian in the 12th century, and has been found on the tombstones of Nestorian Christians into the 1300s. However, its most lasting legacy has been in religion. The era of contracts, as I just mentioned, was adopted by the Jewish people, and the teaching in the Talmud would mandate that diaspora Jews should continue using it. It would eventually be discontinued in favour of dating the years since the creation, by David ben Zimra when he served as the chief rabbi of Egypt in the 16th century. This use of the calendar, however, wasn't just restricted to the Jewish people the Assyrian Christian Church would continue to use it right up into the 1900s. Once the Seleucids themselves fell, or declined, other rulers would imitate the Seleucids and institute their own continuous year count. The Parthians would create one based on that of the Seleucids in the 2nd century BCE, while Mithridates VI of Pontus and Cleopatra VII of Egypt would both introduce their own eras, neither of which lasted very long, for reasons we will get to when we eventually get round to discussing these two figures. So, that's the Seleucid calendar. 
What started out as a regnal year gradually morphed into a continuous numbering system under Antiochus I, before being imitated by their successors and used by religious denominations for centuries after the Seleucids fell from grace. Not a bad legacy for a year count that started with the re-entry into Babylon. As always, thank you for listening. For any comments or questions, you can get in touch with the show at afteralexpod at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great week everyone.